What's up, guys? Welcome back to Flight Following. I am Cody, and uh, I'm really excited about this episode. Today, we're planning on talking about some ATC communications. We've got, uh, I've got me in here. We've got Mr. Alex Zoltak. How you doing, sir? Hey, doing great, Cody. How are you? Doing pretty well. So, are you excited about today's episode? Absolutely. I loved the last episode, and we had so many more listeners. So it was, it was really, it was really exciting. Yep. Got a lot of good feedback, a lot of good pointers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was super fun the last episode when we had Chase Walls here telling about the his um, check ride, his check ride. Yep. Yeah, and how we segued into ATC communication. So what we did is one of our awesome flight instructors here, John Hunt. We invited him to come be on our podcast, and we didn't really expect him to say yes, but he did, and it's super exciting. So today we brought him, and he's going to be with us for the duration of our podcast. John Hunt, I'd uh, give you a little bit of feedback. He's he's actually a retired air traffic controller, and he's a certified flight instructor here. So, John Hunt, welcome to the show. Hey, it's, I'm glad to be here. I didn't know I had a choice. I got out of the airplane, and you said, come sit down. So. That's right. We forced you into it. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, John? Yeah, some of the stuff you're reading. I, um, I've been in aviation since about 1982, so when I was in high school. I uh, started flying on a program that was just amazing. It's too bad that uh, they don't do that much anymore. It was a, a vocational aviation program. And I was into uh, what was called Civil Air Patrol because you could fly. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was kind of neat. Um, I joined the Air Force and uh, had the goal to, to join the Air Force, finish my degree, and fly. And I, uh, I selected uh, the air traffic control career field and waited nine months before going into the Air Force. I got uh, what was called a, a delayed enlistment with a, a job preference. So I went into uh, air traffic control September of 84, graduated in March of 85, and uh, did that for about 22 years. That's super um, cool. So you, ever since you started in aviation, you wanted to be a controller. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize I wanted to be a controller. It was funny because as a kid, my dad was in Vietnam and we were living with my, my grandma. And uh, she used to drive me out to the Salt Lake International Airport. And I always remember the antenna from the ASR, Airport uh, Surveillance Radar. And it's spinning in. It's a big red and white building. And I would see the tower and I had no clue, no clue whatsoever. And then in uh, high school, all I wanted to do was fly for the Air Force. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, Couldn't do it straight out of high school because you have to do four years of college and then work your way through. Well, I thought, well, I'm going to go do something in aviation while I'm studying Mm -hmm. on my own. And... uh, Someone, I can't remember, it was a kid named Frank Bell, I think, um, said, hey, I'm joining the Marine Corps, and I'm going to be an air traffic controller. I was like, holy cow, I, well, I fly, so I would love to be on the other side and do that while I'm working toward a commission. So you flew first, and then you decided, I wanted to do oh, yeah. control. Oh, okay. That's a time killer. Yeah. I, I wanted to do something fun. I wanted to go into the Air Force, and I wanted to, to just do a career, because I'd... I'd I grew up around the Air Force, so I thought, well, I'll be an air traffic controller while I go through school, so I'm still playing with airplanes, and uh, I had such a great time traveling around the world Mm -hmm. that when I turned 27 and a half, I remember that very day, and it disqualified me from finishing the commission and getting into pilot training, so I just did 22 years of air traffic. That's that's super. Yeah, it's very cool. interesting that you started uh, flying first, oh, yeah. and then yeah. got into the ATC. Is that how main, like a lot of the air traffic controllers Not even do? Close. You, I didn't think so. It's across the spectrum. You get all these kids. Like uh, so, after I, I retired, I call it graduating from the Air Force. So I graduated from the Air Force, and I, I was teaching out at a college where we built an aviation program. And uh, I thought, okay, well, 
certain types are going to be air traffic controllers, I mean, not even close. I mean, they're from all over. A lot of the folks that I was in the Air Force with uh, joined and requested air traffic control. Very few people uh, were just thrown loosey-goosey. Sometimes you would get what we call uh, open general, and they would throw them into air traffic. But a lot of folks would specifically list air traffic control because job opportunities after four years are, are huge. I never yeah, thought like that. Yeah. I just, I wanted to that's, play with airplanes. That's so interesting. Cause like, you know, we talked about it on our first episode, I believe we were talking about how, like when you're growing up, you know, the, the idea of becoming a pilot, you really don't know much about the career path and how to go into it and what to do. And now that I'm thinking about it, I never would have thought how to get into the ATC world. I don't even Mm-mm. like, there's not a middle Georgia college is the only thing that I can think of, but like, or military, right? I mean, that's your... Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, I grew up in the Stone Age compared to today. There's no internet. My love for aviation started out in a field where I would chase airplane shadows. But you had wow. no idea. Shadows? Wow. Yeah, you, you would, I would wait out on final. And then if you could jump into the shadow of the airplane, you were cool. And uh, <laughs> that's so, but awesome. you had no idea unless you knew somebody or someone had walked you through, a mentor had walked you through a, a series of, of steps to get to your, your goal, you really had no idea. You mm-hmm. would say, Oh, I want to do this. Right. And you know, at that time people go, Oh, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. Cause now you can just Google, how do you oh, become yeah. an air traffic controller? Oh, yeah. The internet. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so before you, you actually, your plan was to do, to be a, a career pilot. But when you hit that 27 and a half point, then you had to kind of stick with ATC. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I was having such a good time. I'd been to a, a couple different facilities and what I, if I could go in a time machine, and, uh, you know, go 88 miles an hour in a DeLorean, go back in time <laughs> and pop out. I would say, hey, young John Hunt, you're just brand new in the Air Force. You just got checked out in your first tower. Uh, it's time to go to school. Right. And go to school in earnest. Don't just say you're going to school. So it took me a long time to finish my bachelor's degree because I was I was traveling the world. Uh, I was working some cool facilities. I've worked tower. I've worked radar. I've worked in FAA facilities. I've worked in, you know, host nation facilities. But you, you don't realize how fast time creeps up on you. So I'm yeah. 19. I'm an air traffic controller. So I think I, I've got all the time in the world. And I blink, and I'm 27 and a half. At that time, they were banking Air Force pilots. You what, would, is, what does that mean, banking? You would come into the Air Force and go, okay, I'm going to fly. And they go, you have a flying spot, but you have to go do a crappy job for two years. Mm-hmm. Like the general I work for now had to be an airfield ops officer. People would go have to be a missile silo guy. You know, we call them missile pilots. So they, the late 80s, the early 90s, it was a horrible time to try to be an Air Force pilot. It was so competitive that people would get braces. You had to have 20-20 vision. You couldn't have, because eye surgery was, was not really a thing. Mm-hmm. So it was You couldn't so have corrected. Oh, no, not at all. Now you can. Now yeah. it's waivers for everything. So, yeah, I was born three decades too late. That's super, super cool. But I was having such, I had such a great time. Air traffic was probably one of the funnest jobs that I could possibly imagine. I mean, I, I did it for, for 22 years in the Air Force. I got out and I, I built a, a collegiate program for the state of Georgia at Middle Georgia College, now Middle Georgia Great State. Great program. Yeah. Put the tower down there. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. And then after five years, I, I came back to uh, the Department of the Air Force as a civilian. Now I do air traffic oversight mm-hmm. and some other stuff with airspace. So, so l- let me ask you this, because this is something that's really... Uh, made me think a lot because uh, because i've known you for a little while mm-hmm. and you're like the most happy uh positive person <laughs> that i've like ever met in Manic. my life and it's like 
you know, you hear these things, and I know you've heard this stuff yeah. as well. Air traffic control is, is is one of the most stressful jobs in the world. Where you know they then there's statistics out there, and I'm not going to get it right, mm-hmm. but the suicide rate on uh, uh, air traffic controllers is so much higher than a lot of other jobs. And I, I'm interested because you are like the most positive, happy person I've ever met, and it, it that makes me so interested to know. So you know, it's, that's an interesting comment. I get that a lot. People go, isn't it stressful? And I always say, well, you know, I, I would find it more stressful to be an aircraft mechanic because I'm going to sign off an airplane. Someone's going to go fly it. Right. Uh, the, the different agencies where you can be a controller, because there's, there's private, there's contract, uh, there's federal. I mean, you can, you can do air traffic in several different, um, I guess, venues. But the stress is there the i think the from what i've seen the faa a lot of it's uh, it's self-induced pain uh the stress of the job is one thing Mm -hmm. but you're trained at such a high level like if you fly into the atlanta class b those guys are metronomes oh yeah they you know they just spit it out the problem is that um you're working rotating shifts like uh, the first 10 years uh i did two days two swings two mids a day and a half off and started all over again because you can't work straight mids you just you don't stay proficient so there's a lot of stressors when it comes to that. And then there's, there's staffing problems. The FAA, one of the, the biggest complaints that, uh, that I hear from, and you'd have to talk to a, a current FAA controller, but their pay is always an issue. Right. Uh, their management is always an issue. So it's, it's not the actual job. It's the things that mm. surround it. I mean, they get paid very well. I'm a, a DOD equivalent to an FAA job series, but I, I probably make... Um, 20, 30, 40% less than an equivalent manager. Right. So the stress is real for those guys. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's you know what I think about all the time whenever I think about um, an ATC controller? The movie Airplane. <laughs> the Airplane, yeah. But we always do that. Yeah. The, uh, I picked a great day to stop sniffing glue. Right, right. Yeah. The, have you seen the movie, Cody? I have not. Oh, uh, what? You have, that's oh, your dude. Homework. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Lloyd Bridges plays an outstanding air traffic controller. And, you know, it's funny. Did you ever see the movie Pushing Tin? No. Worst air traffic movie ever, but the caricatures of the people are similar. I've broken up fights in the facility. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Controllers like swinging on each other, which is funny in the break room, not in the IFR room or the, the where the radar is. I think Hollywood takes a lot from mm-hmm. uh, reality and, and makes it worse. I mean, cause you'll see stuff and you go, Oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen, so, I've seen people get mad or freak out. Yeah. I've seen people cry because they mess up something. In oh yeah. Tra- oh yeah. So like when you say a fight, my my idea, oh. and I'm very. I've only. Oh, it was a full on fist fight. Well, the only air traffic controller that I've ever s- seen in action. Mm-hmm. I went to the Middle Georgia campus. I guess the one you were just talking about, mm-hmm. and I walked up there and I saw a bunch of laptops and stuff. But that's when you say like break room. Is are they in the control tower? No, they're they're usually outside. Um, the FAA has a, a more stringent break policy. Uh, you can only be on the the on the position for a certain amount of time. Then you you know the break room's got a TV, it's got a fridge. Sometimes okay. it's got ping pong tables. Yeah. But a supervisor and a uh, these two huge corn fed dudes <laughs> started wrestling, and then it just escalated, and a garbage can got thrown, and and someone threw a punch over his shoulder, which was funny. And I you know they were quite a bit bigger than me, so I, I was trying to break them up. But that's that's. I think any profession. Yeah. I've never seen it in the facility itself. So when you talk about some of the caricature stuff mm-hmm. on airplane, I've seen parts of it. I mean, yeah. you know, I've seen people that have, you know, the, the entire facility shut down one time when I was in the Philippines. A guy leaned against a breaker panel and shut the entire radar down, which was <sighs> hysterical. 
So, I mean, but you could find that in, you know, go, go to, I was a firefighter in town, so you could go be a firefighter and see the same dumb stories. But so the, to kind of get back to the stress, the stress is the external stuff. The actual working of the traffic, as long as they don't leave you in one spot too long, isn't that bad. Really? Do you feel, yeah. do you feel a pressure to, because, um, I mean, you know the saying, like, if a mechanic fails, mm-hmm. the pilot dies. Air traffic control uh, fails, yeah, yeah. pilot dies. The pilots always say that. It's like, oh, whatever, bro. Right. <laughs> it do, is, you yeah. feel, do you feel a responsibility for their safety? Oh, yeah. Air tra- air yeah. Control? I mean, because it is, it is very uh, regulated to the point where if you say a phrase or a clearance or a word in a clearance wrong, right. we, we call it buying a contributive factor. So, um, yeah, buying a contributed factor. So you, what happens is that you are a contributing factor to the mishap Ah. or the incident because you said one word out of place. Yeah. So it's very, it's very tight with the, and you know, we do check rides. So like when we opened the tower down in Eastman, a guy named Al Ensel, salt of the earth, good dude, um, uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, but he came down and he, (laughs) He did a certification on all of us in the tower, and uh, we had uh, three runway incursions in the first 20 minutes that tower was open. So, oh no, <laughs> it was, oh, it was hysterical. Gosh. Yeah, it was one of the airport workers because we had, it was a brand new tower. Mm-hmm. It was a brand new tower. The tower had turned on, and we were all standing up there. And uh, Al, Al said, "Well, I'm going to watch the traffic. I'm going to self-certify me, and then John, you'll be next." And I said, "Okay, that sounds great." And that's when it happened. Oh, well, so the, the, the guy doesn't work there anymore. The guy's name was Doug. He was, uh, he was a flight student and worked at the airport part-time. And he goes, hey, do you want me to go turn off the AWOS? Because we had to turn off the AWOS and turn on the ATIS. Mm-hmm. So and for you non-pilots, that's a weather system that's, that's either a tower will have an ATIS, non-tower will have an AWOS or an ASOS. So, yeah, I go, Doug, that would be great. So we can turn it on. And so... Um, one of my best friends at the time pulls that $5 bill and he slaps it on top of the counter. And he says, uh, five bucks says that he crosses that runway without talking to anybody. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey bro, you know, the FAA is standing right here. Could you not be bet so on somebody? But he won $5. Oh, he did three times. <laughs> three times. So the Al goes, it was funny because Al looks at me and he goes, all right, I think I'm comfortable. John, come up here and plug. And we do what's called a pre-position briefing or pre-duty briefing. So, um, by this time, Doug's get down at the golf cart and he's headed in the, the AWOS is on the very far end of the airport across the runway. And uh, so Al goes, uh, I can't remember, is it runway two and two zero down at, at Eastman? Yes. So he goes, yeah, runway two is in use. The weather is this. The, and he's giving me all the brief and he goes, and that guy is about to cross the runway without calling us. And the Class D had just turned on. It was the first 10 minutes the Class D was active. The tower was just turned on. We were doing the certifications for us. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So we're shooting light guns at him. I'm calling him on the radio and he's not answering. He trundles across the runway and he shuts off the ATIS or the AWOS and we turn on the ATIS. And I'm like, please call, please call. And we're trying to call him on a cell phone. And what does he do? He comes away from the AWOS and he crosses back over the runway. Oh so there's two runway incursions. Gosh. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. So then he goes down the parallel taxiway to go reset the ILS. So he goes all the way down the taxiway without talking to anybody, crosses One back guy. over. Yeah. And he goes back and forth across the runway four times the first 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess the FAA is shutting down the tower. Uh, and, uh, yeah. how'd Doug, how did Doug work out? He, he stayed, but it was funny because <laughs> I looked at Al and I said, Al, how do you want to proceed? And he said, uh, well, I'm pretty sure he saw the light guns because we, we didn't have any traffic. So it wasn't a big deal. It was just procedural. But it was just at the time, there's, 
you talk about stress, we're commissioning a tower. We're turning the tower on and the, the airport workers crossing the runway because he's used to it. It was an right. uncontrolled airport until 20 minutes before. So, um, so we're shooting light guns at him and stuff. And, uh, so I ask Al, and he goes, yeah, as, as long as he saw the light guns, uh, you know, we, we cleared him. Wink, wink. We cleared him. So I, I get on the phone and I go, Doug, if you didn't see the light guns, I'm going to kill you and make you do paperwork. And there's no paperwork for him to do. <laughs> it's just all these hollow threats. And he goes, John, I swear to God, I didn't see the light gun. And I go, Doug, <laughs> you saw the light gun. <laughs> and he goes, no, John, I swear to God, I didn't. And I go, I don't want to hear another word except for I saw the light gun. Did you see the light gun signaled across the runway? And I hear this confused voice go, yes. I go, thank you. Hung up the phone. <laughs> and uh, Al finished my certification at the tower. And we squared it all away. I mean, it was a non-player, but right. you know the pressure of turning on a class D, opening a tower, and making all this stuff happen, and then being embarrassed in front of you know a guy like Al was just too much. It was funny though. Now, yeah. at the time, not so much. That's awesome. That That's super so cool. cool though, like because you don't think of the pressures and the stress of opening a runway. You think, I mean, opening a control tower. You think, oh, we just open it's the control there. tower. It's been there yeah. forever. Yeah. But when you have to do that, it's yeah. a whole different uh, perspective. That's super cool. So do you, do you miss doing air traffic control? Yeah, you know, they, um, for a while, they, my current job, I, I do a lot with airspace and with ranges and small UAS. And at one time, they were going to let us go to a facility, pick one of our five facilities. Well, there's five airports and, and nine facilities, towers and radars, that I could go get proficiency at. That's what our pilots do when they're, when, you know, where I work. They'll fly with a certain organization. So I, I called a couple places and I called one and I said, hey, uh, can I come up there and get proficiency? And they're like, nope. They didn't want a headquarters guy anywhere near the place. So we just dropped the idea. Yeah. It would have been, it, it's, I missed that part of it, but it, that's why I fly as much as I do. Do you think your experience in air traffic control makes you, and I know you're a super humble guy, but I just am curious to know, does it make you handle air traffic control differently? than uh, just a normal pilot like Cody or I? I, I know a couple buzzwords that I, I, I'll teach other instructors that, that kind of it's like the Masonic handshake where um, something as simple as saying the phrase wrong for direction, request wrong for direction and then your altitude and then the, the controller kind of keys in and goes, oh, okay. You know, he, he kind of knows what he's doing. Um, what does that mean, wrong for direction? So say that I'm going from here to Savannah mm -hmm. and we use the NEOD, North through east is odd mm -hmm. let's say that i wanted to fly out at um 4500 versus 55 i don't want to go to 5500 because there's a cloud layer well if i'm flying my cardinal directions i have to fly at 35 55 75 the clouds are in the way and as long as traffic permits you can request 4500 wrongford direction now you could just say can i have 4500 and they'll they'll, they'll, they'll say, say yeah but if you use wrongford direction then it's kind of they go okay this guy's studied or has a background so that he knows that um because they'll they'll write it in red ink that says 45 versus 55 because that's how we separate and um so it's just it's simple stuff like that do Some, they have to grant it no okay but if they're if they're cool they will and mostly they will because most of the, the controllers uh, especially in this country are just um it, it's amazing how much training they get and how sharp they are yeah they seem sharp when i'm up okay. there and I'm talking to controllers. That's, I've never done the wrong for direction, but I just wrote that down because that's, that's pretty <laughs> that awesome. Pretty cool. So if you go look at the uh, the AIM, which used to be the Airman's Information Manual, but in, in the new world where the Aeronautical Information Manual, that's how old I am, um, 
it, a lot of those phrases are in there. Chapter four of the ATC world. Uh, you can also go and get off the internet the FAA handbook 7110.65710.65, and we're up to Z. That's the air traffic control handbook. Wow. You can see their exact yeah. phrase for what they're supposed to do. That's, air traffic is super scripted. When you call, hmm. you're going to get runway wind and altimeter if you don't say the ATIS. They're always going to start off. They always give you the altimeter. Mm -hmm. They'll always verify your VFR. So it's you kind of know the answers to the test. Yeah, that's super super interesting. I got a I got a question you probably get all the time mm -hmm. as an air traffic controller. Um, have you ever uh, chewed out a pilot on on frequency? Yeah, but it was kind of ineffective a couple times because um, you th you think you think you can you know you get this big stupid complex and. Uh, Usually, if you got a boss that that uh, that's realistic, they'll humble you pretty quick. But I did. I've had a couple pilots where I go, um, I think the one time that I, I kind of took it all the way, well, twice, uh, I had a guy cut through the class Bravo at, oh, at Nellis. And um, I normally what I do, because I fly, so I try to do the bro handshake, and I, I called where I saw him land and said, hey, we've got a radar. You know, we can see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I said, hey, a guy just landed. And I said, just ask him to call me because he just cut through the class B. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's most verboten. And um, so I waited 45 minutes and no call. So I called back to the uh, to the airport and I said, hey, did you get my number? He goes, yeah, he wadded it up and threw it over his shoulder. So I said, fantastic. What was his name on his gas receipt? And then turned it over to the flight standards district office. I mean, all I was going to tell him is, you cut across a corridor with yeah. high volumes of traffic. Be careful. Um, ATC does that a lot. They don't want you. I mean, you guys yeah. don't want to write everybody up. No, that's a common misconception. So part of what I get to do is, and I try to smooth things out, is that there's a, a thing called the brasher. And that's if you if you have a, an airspace violation or you do something, they go, uh, potential airspace violation, please copy this number and we want to talk to you. They have to report it. Yeah. So they have to report it. Um, the air traffic controller does? Oh, yeah. yeah. So if they give you a number copy, they have to report it? No yeah. Doubt? Oh, yeah. So it's a mandatory, it's called the mandatory occurrence form. Wow. So, and, and they'll, a military pilot will get one. A Delta pilot will get one. So if you, and it's, What would happen if they didn't? Because I got, a, I got a story for you. I got, I've got, I won't say the airport or anything like that because I don't want to get the air traffic controller in trouble. But I have gotten a number to call mm -hmm. uh, because my student caused a, a runway incursion. He got a hold for release, and he thought it meant line up and wait. Oh, and, that's a uh, <laughs> and the lady called and was not happy and was and was chewing me out to make sure I teach mm -hmm. that the right way. And then she was very clear that she never gives a line up and wait, ever. Yeah. So do not oh, ever do okay. that again. And so she yeah. And then she told me on the phone, she goes, look, this is just going to stay between me and you. It's not an issue. You're going to be doing a lot of training out here. So just just uh, let's make it not happen again. So there are certain facilities that will have the latitude to decide how much pain they want to accept in the form of paperwork. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they, yeah. yeah That's so what I would a good way. That was a good way of saying. It's like a cop letting you go. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like a, yeah. so they don't have to do the paperwork. You just got a bro. You got a yeah. bro hookup right there. Oh yeah. I've had another controller. I've had a contact tower twice before. Uh, the the second time, his I was coming in on on base, and the C one thirty is coming in on base. I'll tell you the airport on this one. This was make, uh, and I'm coming in, and I'm on base. I'm cleared to land. I've cleared to land, hmm. and I got cleared to land a while ago. But a C one thirty is on C base. C one thirty is coming in off an IFR, and uh, just got handed over to tower, 
and he's coming in, and, and he reports his altitude when he comes in, and I'm at the same altitude. He says base. I say base. We're at the same altitude. He's cleared me to land. I'm coming in. We're about to head on. We're about to head on collision. He wins bigger, by the way. Oh, he's bigger. He wins bigger. And air, air traffic control keys up and goes. Uh, I'm not gonna say the tail number. He says. Oh, I'll say the tail number. Seven five seven golf extra. Go around. Go around right now. Or, or I think he said right three sixty immediately. Something like that. Expedite right three sixty. And so I did it. And I and, and I and I was like, man, I was so I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. But that was something. Your fault. I know, but I did something wrong. I, that's what you're thinking, right? Because it's like he's yelling at me to go to mm-hmm. do the three sixty. Not yelling at him. He's yelling at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I did something wrong. I screwed up. I'm with a student. I'm not freaking out because I don't want my student to. You never show that you're freaking out. In the mm-hmm. Right. So I'm coming in. I land. I'm done. This is the that was the last landing. And I come in, and he goes, "Hey, seven five seven golf extra. I got a number for you to copy." I was like, I already got it. Uh, and <laughs> I'm so, used to this. <laughs> yeah. He already had it. Right, my yeah. Rolodex. I'll yeah, just bring it, it up here. I got it in there. I got it in my favorites. Speed dial. Last uh, yeah. week I did the same thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> as, soon as, yeah. as soon as I landed, I, I called him. I was confused, man. I wanted to know what happened, and I, you know, I, I was, I, I thought I was gonna get written up. I was like, man, this is gonna be, be into me. Um, and I called him. He's like, dude, I just wanted you to know, I'm very, very sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, they yeah. they handed him over a plane mm-hmm. that they never told the the C-130 that there was a plane on short final or base, and they handed him over to me at the last second, and I just I, I missed it. I felt really bad, and I was like. You just told me to call you to apologize to oh, me, yeah. man. You don't ever have to do that. Oh, just by, don't ever get me a number. It's directional It goes both ways. Yeah, I had. Uh, I, I respected fly, it. Well, I was flying out west, and so the the cool thing about what I've I've, I've been able to do over the last thirty something years is that when I'm flying, we call it the picture. So when I'm flying, I actually picture where the planes are in the pattern or where they're coming in, and and I kind of I try to anticipate the sequence. So. I was, I was flying at a super busy uh, airport out in Vegas, and the, the controller gave me instructions to, to make um, an entry from a point that was away from the pattern. As soon as I came into the pattern, he had opposite direction traffic because they were, they were doing construction. So you had to land one way and take off opposite direction. It was just bad. So I came into the pattern as he told me, and he got confused, and he put a Mooney about 50 feet up underneath me. I saw him, so I just missed him. But it was one of those where I was like, ooh, and he started to yell at me on the radio, I told you. And I said, no, actually, what you told me was to do this. And he got really quiet and he goes, yeah, okay. So then it goes <laughs> they both make, directions. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. make mistakes. I oh, mean, yeah. Um, that have you ever us... been written up for anything? Hey, dude, there's some wood. You knock on wood. What are you trying? So have you ever gotten, as a pilot, because you, you're mm-hmm. both, right? So you, you I ha- said as ATC, you've never gotten like written up or for anything. And then as a pilot, have you gotten a number to copy? Oh, so I, I was at that same airport. And uh, they had crossing runways, and I actually put my nose across the hold line Ooh. before I caught it. And I jammed on the brakes, and I'm like, now what do I do? Because, you know, I'm like, oh, reverse. Yeah, the cops just got caught speeding. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, dude, they, I am not going to get out of this one. And so the tower goes, did you just cross the hold line? And I went, yeah, yeah, I did. And he goes, I just taxi across. So he was cool about it, but I was just like, oh, I had, I had a guy work for me. A guy worked for me in a tower, and he went to go fly at our airport. Uh, I taxied him out, and uh, the guy jumped on the runway and started to roll. And I go, <laughs> so as he's rolling, I said, yeah, I can't remember the tail, the tail number, but I said, uh, yeah, clear for takeoff. As he's already rolling, and he goes, oh, thank you very much. And I'm like, oh, brother, what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. It's almost like you need those, like you know how a lot of police officers will have the blue and white stripes uh, yeah. on the back of the the cars. It's like you need something on the plane. Like, I'm an air traffic controller. It's cool. Oh, no, yeah. I don't want them to know because then they, they cut you no slack. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, if you go, oh, I'm just a stupid, I don't know anything. And they're like, oh, you, you should know better. 
So that's oh, what yeah, I'm always yeah. worried about. Go, oh, yeah. so there's not like a like oh, no. a cop and cop relationship. It's no, a, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah. So the only people you guys give give slack to is student pilots. No, uh, it depends. If someone's cool, we'll do it. You can go listen to that guy. I think it was in the 210, and he was cutting through the, the Vegas Class B going into Henderson. And they told him, hey, man, you, you need to exit the B, and he started arguing with them. And it's on, it's on, you can YouTube it. And you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's, you know, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, it depends on your attitude a lot of times. Some places it's mandatory because it, let's say that it's um, DC or Atlanta or Chicago or Vegas where it's a very busy class B. They, ne- they, they need to keep that tight and, and roped in because it's high volumes of traffic. Some places it's a little slower. They may cut you some slack. And then, you know, facility to facility, they're, it's just like the helpful nature of some controllers. And then you get a guy in the sector next time you go, wow, that guy just needs to retire. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of room for like error in the, in the smaller airports and the larger ones. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I've seen a, you know, I, what I've never understood and I've seen some YouTube videos of it is like, it was at Hartsfield and the, was this the could, RJ, the RJ lining up on the taxiway? I'm not sure. It was something about like the pilot, the pilot got on, it was a captain got on, frequency and mm-hmm. was yelling at the ground guy because of his attitude yes. and his yeah. attitude wasn't I don't like bad your attitude yeah well the guy made a wrong turn if you listen to the the, yeah. the captain he's, he's like they call him captain happy yeah all right guys thank you so much for listening we really have been enjoying these podcasts this is our third episode john hunt was a great guest uh he's got so much aviation background you can really tell that he just loves everything about aviation uh super awesome guy and I'm just very happy that we got him in. Uh, it was something I really wanted to do. I can't believe he said yes to us. Uh, just an awesome guy, and I hope we can have him back um, soon. But I've really been enjoying this. Thank you guys for listening. Please give us feedback any way possible. Please give us a call. Uh, what, what's the number, Alex, really quick? 478-284-0880, or you can email us at info at perryairflight.com. We would really appreciate it, guys. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, This is Cody signing off. Alex signing off. There you go.